You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. So, we're talking about the names of God, and more and more I realized in my life, as I got older, and even talking to other people, we had this vague notion of who God is. Um, maybe you have like this idea of this Father Tom figure in the sky, uh, that's just kind of sitting there in a sleepy way, just watching the world go by. He created it, but he's not really doing anything. Or maybe uh, you have this idea of this angry God that's just waiting for you to do something wrong, so he can throw lightning bolts at you in, in some way. Uh, or a God that maybe um, just loves everybody and you know every, happy-go-lucky and nothing really matters outside of that. So what we've been doing through the study of the name of God is just like you would get to know a friend of yours or your dad or someone like that. For instance, for me, I'm Pastor James. Uh, my daughter calls me dad. My wife calls me husband. Some people call me friend. Not as many as you think, but some people call me friend. Uh, some people call me neighbor. Some people call me son. Uh, some people call me brother. We're all known in different facets like that. And God's the same way. But even more than that, He's known in different, different nuances of who He is. And, and so at this point, we've been talking about really all the older parts of the Bible, the Old Testament, and we're starting to move into Advent, which is right before Christmas. We're going to talk about the names of Jesus. We're at the point now where the, start, the story's getting broader and it's getting deeper as Jesus is about to come on the scene. And this is one of those bridge points here today. So as we're moving in, and maybe you've heard this name before as we move into the Christmas, the name Emmanuel. I don't know if y'all heard that before or not. Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And so let's talk about why God would even reveal himself in that way and why does it matter to our lives. So let's look at our passage for the day. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to these passages. It's probably much easier. Uh, for you to look at the passages, as always, we had them printed in our order of worship uh, so that uh, you can read along in the scripture with us. We're looking at two places in Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament. And then we're looking at a place in Matthew um, where he's talking about uh, something a little bit different. So let's see what we have here. Let's read the scripture. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a son of the Lord your God. Let it not be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. I'm sorry, let it be deep as Sheol and high as heaven. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too much, or is it, sorry, is it too little for you weary men that you also weary my God also? Therefore the Lord said to him, I will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then another part of, of Isaiah says this, And it will sweep on, on into Judah, and it will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck, and outspread the wings, and fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. And he says, Be broken, you people, and be shattered. Give ear all your far country. Strap on your armor, and it will be shattered. Strap on your armor and it will be shattered. Take counsel together, it will come to nothing. Speak a word, it will not stand. For God is with us. And then the last verse from Matthew, or two verses from Matthew, and all this took place 
to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, help us today, um, walking in with all the distractions that the world provides us, to just suspend our agendas for a moment and just listen to what you might have us to say. Um, help us to understand your word. Help me to be clear. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so 2019 was the 50th anniversary, and many of y'all know this, of Apollo 11, the moon landing. Uh, up until that, people had gazed at the moon for thousands of years. Some people in, in history had even worshipped it. And then, in 1969, a man actually walks on it. And the more you think about it, the more unlikely, especially at the time, it seems. I mean, movies have been made about this. And think about it. You're trying to hit this bullseye on a moving target from a moving target. And you're doing it in a rocket that's going to reach the speed of 25,000 miles an hour while your spacecraft is deliberately going to break apart into three different pieces. And then you're going to get out and you're going to walk around on who knows what in an environment that people know nothing about that will immediately kill you, give it half the chance. And then you're trying, and then you're trying to plant a flag. You're going to turn around and you're going to do it all again. And by the way, you're planning and you're executing all this on, with computers that are much less than the iPhones that we have in our hand. This is what they did. It's mind-bendingly complex and it's extraordinarily dangerous, but they did it. And yet, one of the Apollo astronauts, John, James Irwin said this, he said, the entire space achievement that we accomplish by going to the moon is all put in perspective when one realizes that God walking on the earth is more important and amazing the man walking on the moon. See, a lot of religions in the world propose this idea that we should aspire to be gods, promoting the idea that we just need to make ourselves better so we can get to heaven, to improve ourselves to be more like God. But only one religion on the face of the earth proposes that you're not good enough to do that. You're broken. You can't do it on your own. You need a God who reaches down to you, a God who comes to us, and this is the name, Emmanuel, that we're looking at today, God with us, what it's all about. So we're going to look at three points, and those three points are in the sermon outline there. And you see, uh, we're, we're talking about the, um, the the sermon title, Emmanuel, God is with us. We're going to talk about a promise made, we're going to talk about a prediction proposed, and then a prophecy fulfilled. So let's talk about that today. Let's talk about the promise made. So... The first verse that we had there was a guy named Ahaz, uh, and he was worried that uh, at the time uh, there was a kingdom, northern kingdom and a, a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom uh, was Israel, the southern kingdom was Judah. The northern kingdom was allies with one of their enemies, and Ahaz was afraid that they're going to come down and attack. And so this is what God's talking about here. God's saying, they're not going to attack you, and Ahaz says, I don't believe you. Look what he says here. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, and this is the first verse passage that we have in our, our order of worship. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, if you don't believe me, like, ask a sign of your Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol, which means 
in the, uh, way down in the earth or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And then he said, Hear, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord said, I will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a child and call his name Emmanuel. So here we are in the book of Isaiah. And we have this idea that God's going to give Ahaz a sign here. And his name will be Emmanuel to remind Ahaz and Isaiah, who's speaking, uh, who, who God's using as his prophet here, and all of those around him of the fact that God's not just going to deliver them. He's not just going to protect them. But he's going to establish uh, his own guiding and protecting presence, not just out there of some God that's going to kind of do it here, but just saying, I'm going to send my, my, my self, God, with you into a presence with you so that I will protect and guide you in a way that not anybody up here can, but somebody that would be with you in his presence. The second is said there's going to be a son born of a virgin, Emmanuel, and it concerned, obviously, the birth of Jesus that we talk about all the time. Uh, and that would be Israel's Messiah. And so this is the first part of it that a lot of people think about. The idea that God would take interest in his people in such a way that he's not a God up here, but God that is present with you. That he came down, he cares enough about his people that he's going to enter into the world in a way that nobody else could imagine that he would. But here's the second thing I noticed from the second verse in the way that Emmanuel has talked about that a lot of people don't talk about. And this is fascinating to me. Let's look at the second point there, a prediction proposed. And this is Isaiah talking again. And he said, It will sweep unto uh, Judah and will overflow and pass on even to the neck and outspring the wings and fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. So he was already talking to Ahaz. He said, You're not going to be attacked. But anybody that attacks Judah in the future, let me show you what I'm about to talk about. Look at verse 9 there. Be broken, you people. Be shattered. Give ear to all you far countries. Strap on your armor and be shattered. Strap on your armor, be shattered. Take counsel together, but it will not stand to nothing. Speak a word and it will not stand, for God is with us. See, Isaiah is talking about this. And he was there them and warned them that anybody that came against Judah, God's people, anything they did was going to come to nothing. I almost hesitate to, to mention this. Uh, I listen to a lot of different music. Um, a lot of the music I listen to my wife does not like. Um, but this reminds me of a line from Rage Against the Machine. I don't know if anybody listens to Rage Against the Machine or even heard of it. But there's a line in that. There's a line in one of the songs that says this. We rally around the family with a pocket full of shells. And he's not talking about seashells, okay? If you can put those together. But here's why this reminds me of that. And why I would even bring it up. Because God is not saying he's just present here with his people, just looking around and watching and waiting and hoping everything turns out. He's saying he is here to defend his people. Meaning, you come after God's people, you're in for a reckoning. I mean, look at everything he talks about there. See, the first time we talked about Emmanuel was a comfort, and we need that in our lives. We need a God that can relate to us when we're hurting, and we need that emotional comfort and, and physical comfort. 
in our life. But this second passage is a totally different one. I mean, look at the words. It says, you can strap on your armor against my people, it will be shattered. You take counsel against my people, you come up with military strategies, I will make it nothing. You try to rally your troops by speaking words to them and inciting courage against my people, it will not stand. See, Emmanuel is not just the nice God by your side to help you and deal with your emotional pain when you get hurt or just to comfort you. He is that. But he's so much more. He's so much more on the offensive. God is saying, you mess with my people, you mess with my family, you have me to answer to. God is with us as Emmanuel, as a comfort, but he also needs to be viewed this way, that you have somebody, you have an advocate, you have somebody that's not just sitting up there uh, and, and just uh, a mealy-mouthed God. He's a God that's on the offensive to help you as his children in any way he can, and even if that means being on guard and taking the offensive against people that come after you. But then he takes it a point, a step further. Let's look at our last point today. Let's look at number three, a prophecy fulfilled. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. It says, Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, 700 years later, after King Ahaz, in the story that we just talked about in Isaiah, a virgin from Nazareth named Mary was engaged to Joseph. And before they got married, an angel visited Joseph to confirm that Mary had not been with another man, but she had conceived the child through the Holy Spirit, through a divine miracle. And when the child was born, they were to name him Jesus, meaning Savior. But he also wanted everybody to realize he was also God with us in the flesh. See, Matthew draws from the prophecy that we read before. The prophecy served uh, a fuller purpose, and that was to see the coming Messiah that was going to come in a real way, in a tangible way. And in Isaiah, the name Emmanuel, in the surrounding context, speaks of God with us. But here now, we have something that's coming to save us from our sins. Uh, the God that is with us there. It culminates even in the Great Commission. The last thing that Jesus said, he said, Behold, I am always with you until the end of the age. So it's not just someone that was there promised in the future. He came in the flesh. And he said, I'm always going to be with you. When I leave, I'm still going to be with you there. See, Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy because he was literally and physically God with us. He was fully human and he was fully God. Christ came to live with his people as Isaiah had, had fulfilled. Matthew recognized Jesus as the Emmanuel, the living expression of God in the flesh, a miracle of him coming in the human form and making him his home here in a way so God can be revealed unlike any other time in history before. I mean, think about it. Through Jesus, God walked and talked with his people on the earth in the same way God did with Adam and Eve. When he came, he showed all humanity that God is fulfilling his promises of being with his people. Jesus was not just a son of God being with us. He was God in the flesh. He was the epitome of Emmanuel to be here with us in our day-to-day -day struggles to comfort and defend us and then protect and to serve, if you want to say it that way. Last thing, you need to understand this. God sent his son to live among us and die on the cross. And through dying on the cross, 
we can be reconciled with God in a way that we couldn't before. When we're born of the Spirit, we come to a relationship with God. We come to a friendship with God. Jesus comes to live with us. Our Emmanuel will be with us forever. He was resurrected from the dead. And Jesus returned to his Father. And he made the promise, like I said before, Behold, I'm with you always until the end of the earth. And the Bible says this, when you're in a friendship and a relationship with God, nothing, nothing, Romans 8 says, can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The Emmanuel, right? To comfort us when we're hurting, yes, but also to defend his family. Emmanuel, God with us, every day, each and every day, for the rest of our lives, and for all eternity. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for the comfort of not only knowing that we have a God who sympathizes with our needs, who, who, who knows what it means to hurt, and to weep and experience loneliness. But we also had a God that went through all that so that we don't have to to the extent that he did. And a God that's willing to defend his people and to defend his family so that we are not alone. And we don't have, we're not out here just exposed and vulnerable. But we have your protection. We thank you for that. We thank you that you are the Emmanuel. Help us to learn even more what that means as we contemplate that and come to the communion table today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.